Crumb. Ready in Kentucky? We're ready, buddy. Are we ready in California? Absolutely. Nice. Welcome back, everybody. This is a very special episode of of the Chromecast. What we're doing here is a little bit of bonus content. I'm Luke. I'm Josh. And we have a, a guest coming to us from the West Coast. Introduce yourself, hey, Levi. Levi. <laughs> Levi. <laughs> we have Levi. Levi is a buddy of mine from. Uh, from from way on back when I was in high school playing D and D and getting into the RPGs, uh, Levi was one of the guys that I gamed with, and Levi is uh, I don't know I guess when I was when I was younger you were a couple years older at that point Levi so you were one of the DMs that play that you know that ran some of the games, uh, and you, you you were an elder statesman of the of the RPG scene when I was when I was a high schooler so uh, I've always kind of looked up to to a lot of the you know, a lot of the gaming materials that you were putting together when I was first getting into getting into things. But, uh, you know, we've we've grown up, we've (laughs) we've gone upwards and onwards. And uh, nowadays you have Planet X Games, which is something that you've been doing for a while, right? Oh, yeah. Um, This has been going on as far as Planet X goes. It's been going on for a couple years now. Um, But we uh, we've been been solid for about a year. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We've mentioned uh, the first module that you guys kickstarted, uh, which is the... Uh, That's the Jungle Tomb of the Mummy Bride. There we right? go. Yeah, yeah. It's it's rated 5E, and it's from Planet X Games. It's a 5th edition compatible uh, module for characters levels 5 through 7. So that kickstarted, and that came out, was it last summer that it dropped? So that dropped, oh gosh, I want to say probably September of last year. Okay. Um, and you know, it was, we, 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 we were funded. We did uh, hit all of our stretch goals. We went all the way through and, uh, I'm really happy with the, with, with the product, man. We were able to, um, collaborate with some really, really top notch artists. Uh, Adrian Landeros, who is a, uh, just this young and 19 year old phenom, um, who did our covers and then did all the interior art. And then another guy, um, a, uh, super uber talented artist from Sweden named Carl Sternberg, yeah, he did a bunch of uh, of maps for the module, and everything just came out just slick and awesome, and just really fit my aesthetic and our all the everybody's work just kind of meshed together to make this really really cool product. Yeah, yeah, I uh, the the maps that are in in that first in that first module are just they're gorgeous. I love it, man. And I think I said this in the last recording, but like what what this uh, what the what the 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 jungle tomb module really sort of struck me as is as almost like setting up for a larger sort of hex crawling uh sprawling point to point adventure kind of thing like it, it very much is a dungeon crawl but it was so much more and that was one of the things that i really dug about it oh yeah man so there's there's a lot going on there um so to give you a little history of that one um that originally kind of started as like i was just going to do uh, kind of an eight page 
you know, little little pamphlet dungeon, basically, just like a little thing you could you could page through. And I was just going to hand them out and give them away for free. And the more that I kind of you know researched it and, and did my work, I just kept adding things and adding things. And I was like, well, look, I got like twenty four pages here, man. I should uh, I should do something with this. And then my mentor um, is a fellow a fellow writer uh, named Casey Christopherson. He really encouraged me. He says, "Hey, listen, this, you got some stuff here. It's it's good. Um, you know, edit it, work on it, and don't sit around and wait for somebody else to do this. You should just do this yourself. You know, um, you got something here. So, um, you know, he he hooked me up with a, a couple good artists and some really really good advice. Um, I reached out to uh, to Carl." online uh he is a uh, in fact if you go to instagram his uh his handle is skull fungus <laughs> right right uh, which is the raddest name ever uh but i reached out to him and he was into it so we you know we all just kind of got together and, and, and worked on it um and you know it came out pretty good yeah it's uh it's beautiful man i love i love his style of art i love all of your your grindhousey style which which maybe this is a good natural segue to get into the thing that's currently running on Kickstarter. But you have a new module that, that's coming out, right? Yeah. Um, so this July fifth, a uh, we have a Kickstarter that's going to be that's going to be launching. It's called an occurrence for, uh, occurrence uh, from Howling Crater, and um, you know it's it's uh, it's my favorite thing I've ever written. Um, I guess the best way to describe it would be, um, you know, if the hills had eyes. Uh, had a baby with Plan Nine from outer space, and then they let that baby do crack in a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be the accurate tone and uh, aesthetic for this for this particular project. Um, you know, amongst all of us, we've been calling it the uh, the great grandpappy of all hillbilly crater mutant flying saucer killer robot adventures. You know, <laughs> which is a, a mouthful, but pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh it's a bonkers sort of like expedition to the barrier peaks kind of thing, right? Like that's a bit of it. Oh man. So listen, this, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a heroic fantasy, uh, mashup with, um, you know, with vintage sci-fi, we, you know, with a little bit of grand house horror in there too. I mean, it stands on the shoulders of those Titans, like, uh, expedition to the barrier peaks or, um, metamorphosis alpha gamma world, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, but it has its own feel, you know, there's, you know, it's not, I don't feel like it's predictable at all. It takes some twists and turns in there, man, that, you know, even when I was initially sitting down to plot it out, I didn't see coming until I was, you know, just, you know, getting knee deep into the writing of it. Um, cool. You know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Well, I was going to say, you know, so I haven't seen, I, I know you guys are still like at the time of this recording, which is in early July, uh, you know, PDF and that kind of thing is, is still, is still forthcoming. But I, what, I noted with some of the correspondence that you sent to me. So this is going to be like a, a 60 plus page module as well. Right. Like this is going to be another sort of monster, well, like, like almost like mini sandbox. Right. Yeah. This is over a hundred pages. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And it's very much a sandbox adventure on top of everything. It's a lot, a lot like mummy bride was where we, you know, there is a dungeon and there is a plot and things going on very much hex crawl, very much, you know, we have a lot of, you know, we, we detail the whole crater. We detail the, the, the town outside the crater. We detail everything in the crater. I mean, and then, you know, there's plenty of uh, threads and, and kind of, uh, you know, little 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 things that will inform you about you know, where the campaign can go afterwards. Um, things leading up to the campaign. And just tons and tons of uh, what I like to call crunchy goodness. Yep, yep. They're just little bits of information that kind of help bring uh, bring everything to life. Yeah, so what I liked about 
Mummy Bride was, you know, you had your core dungeon crawl. And I, I, I always fumble over the title of this adventure, but like the style <laughs> of like the back end of that module is Isle of Dread, which was like X1, like a classic, like that was one of the classic like wilderness adventuring sort of mega modules. And it had like dinosaurs and 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 cannibals and all kinds of crazy shit the same stuff that you know you plugged into like to your thing yeah so but i like how like the the back end of that module is kind of opened up like you had maps for like other temples that you might would adventure to uh so is that kind of like what you have going here with this with this current kickstarter oh yeah absolutely um in fact we there's we put so much into this Again, this is one of those projects that started out, you know, maybe 30, 40 pages, and it just kept growing. We're like, well, we don't want to throw this out. Like, we don't want to edit this out. This is pretty cool. Let's expand on this. So we just ended up just, you know, adding a ton of content. And then on top of that, you know, we have stretch goals, and there's even more content that we have, you know, that we're waiting on those stretch goals to throw in, too, you know. And then, you know, you get more maps by Carl. You get more more art by all the artists i mean and that's another thing all the guys from mummy bride they're all back for a second time yeah Car- I, I mean i really can't i can't stress enough like carl's like map making and I, I, I mean i like the art overall but like that that kind of crazy style it, it's great because it's black and white it's great because it has a little bit of that like skull fungus is a great handle for him because it's <laughs> so so much like moldy brickwork and like broken bones and like rusty weapons and stuff but it's all like very crisp like black and white line art and so i can imagine that like as a printed product it's pretty great but also like as a pdf it's equally great because it's nice and bright and it's it's good on the screen oh he's a wizard i mean hands down he's he's he does some incredible stuff and if you know it's not just he's done work for other for other companies (laughs) way and a bunch of his old his own things as well so um, if you're listening, I highly, highly recommend that if you're on Instagram, you go and you check out Skull Fungus and uh, go to uh, Drive Through RPG. He's got a bunch of stuff up there. And yeah. he's worked on other people's stuff, too. And, it, like, it's universally just fantastic. Yeah, I would say, you know, behind uh, – oh, who's the uh – who's the other guy that really pioneered like Dyson logos, like with some of his, like his style of, of dungeoneering and dungeon maps that he put, you know, I would say that was kind of maybe earlier in the, the OSR sort of, uh, like G plus like community style, like everybody putting their own cookbook stuff together. Uh, this guy is like championing that. And I mean, has been, there's loads and loads of content. So that's cool, man. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're actually direct, straight on, directly on tone with that. Um, that's 100% correct. Cool. <laughs> Every, literally everything you just said. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but 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 Planet Planet X. So you you guys have been you've been doing that. So as Planet X, I I I don't know if I've misspoke on on previous like Chromecast recordings. Is that is that your baby, or is that something that's shared across a handful of people? I know you're collaborating, but is that really like your company, or is it or is it other folks? I just know it is like my buddy Levi, and it's this thing that he's doing. But what's kind of the story <laughs> there? Um, so it, it's my baby. However, like, you know, the, the, you know, let's take jungle tomb with the Brummy bride. That is a 100% collaboration. Look, sure. I own the company, but the book doesn't look as good as it looks without Adrian Landeros doing those beautiful covers and doing that incredible black and white art. It doesn't run as cool or look as cool as it does without, uh, you know, Carl Sternberg. I mean, those guys, they knocked it out of the park. 
And for the people who backed it, they got a bunch of other stuff too. They got a players pack and they got um, bonus maps. And our actually our old buddy uh, John Russell. Yep, yep. He did, <laughs> he did some uh, sepia tone kind of treasure style maps for the for the bonus maps that uh, for just that were just for backers only. And man, they're so gorgeous to look at. Sometimes I literally just pull them out and look at them. I mean, and I'm not exaggerating. They look so good. He's he did a really bang up job on that. So John, yeah, man, like I I know you were like much closer friends with him. I I just knew him a bit more casually, like at the table, like you know when we would get together for our Saturday or Sunday games at at uh, at Chris's house, like Chris and Mo's house. Uh, and he and he would be there and we would be playing at your place too occasionally and he would be there uh but he like this guy just so just so josh and the listeners can kind of paint the picture like john's the he's the quiet player that is like constantly with a sketchbook like doing like amazing art as he's like you know rolling the dice and and participating but at the same time he's like you know you almost would think of him as like the uh the, the sketch artist like in the courtroom <laughs> like putting stuff on the page like yeah yeah he drew some really some really pretty uh some really pretty elves i remember <laughs> when i was a teenage a teenage lad when you were a teenage elf <laughs> uh yeah it's it's cool yeah. man it's cool that there's so many of these like i don't know like we we were in i don't want to say the backwaters of arkansas but like just a really little town but to see like these kinds of cool little things going on like that we you know like i've done with with josh and john with 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 the chromecast stuff and what you're doing with your with your gaming startup and to know that there's you know john's still doing art that's awesome oh yeah you know it's, it's not just us man um arguably the most famous uh i don't, I don't know that you know him but the, the most famous person that ever lived in our little town who uh who went on to bigger and greater and bigger things is uh he's an artist named uh, peter bradley um, he did stuff for Castles and Crusades. He's done stuff, I believe, for Necromancer Games and, uh, and Frog God. Um, but his, he, he's a fantastic artist as well. So where was uh, he gra- from? Was he from like Western Arkansas? Well, he lived in Arkansas. His, his, his parents, uh, for, for a while, uh, his parents were from England. And um, they were part of the, like, the Civil War reenacting community. Okay. And they had a sh- like they had a tailor shop in town where they would make costumes and things like that. But I believe uh, I've lost contact with him, but I believe they've, they've all moved back to, uh, to England um, and he's living over there now. But uh, I know that he's still doing art. Um, he just had some stuff come out for um, probably for castles and crusades uh, for troll Lord games. So, um, you know, if you're, like I said, if you're out there and you, uh, you know, you're into gaming, man, check, check that out. He's, he's, he's pretty talented. That's awesome. That's awesome. And Peter Bradley's his name. Yeah, he was, and he was one of those guys from like my high school game group. He's one of those guys that I kind kind of came up with, uh, you know, gaming with. Um, and he was he was the older like I was the older statesman, statesman to you. He was the older statesman to me. I was a young uh, college kid, or sorry, young uh, high school kid, and he was you know an, an older guy in his twenties. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So he, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So so we're we're like this is sort of jogging some memory so what like when we were when we were gaming like the long form like high fantasy uh campaign that we played through like ken was the dm for that like what was the name of the system was it like mistara is that right like that's kind of like a like a gray hockey and <laughs> world setting type thing but no so like uh so our old game group was, it was uh, i don't know if, if other game groups are like this i i certainly haven't run into much of it as as an adult um, but our old game group, it, we had a, a variety of DMs. Like, 
Uh, so Ken, who again was one of those older statesmen, to, to, you know, to, to my uh, to my era, he was kind of the primary game master. But then, you know, he would get you know tired, or he'd have to you know you know work some crazy shifts or whatnot. And then I would take over. But then, you know, I would do it for a couple weeks or a couple months, and then somebody else would take over. And it kind of went like that for a long time, until eventually, um, it was really just uh, either either me or or, or Ken DMing. Yeah. But his uh, his game, he he was a real. He, like, he comes from the old school, like all the way back to like Holmes Basic, you know, Redbox, right, know, right, chain, chain mail supplement kind of. You know, he's 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 old school, uh, you know, all the way up through like first and second edition. So he had a real like you know old school vibe and old school knowledge of the game, and he kind of brought that to to the table. The but, system um, I remember playing it was like, and I know it was something that was kind of cookbooky that. Like I had my character sheet and I knew the mechanics of the game at that time, but there wasn't like a book that I had and it was very much like I was, I was active. And of course I was playing like the halfling rogue that like would do the occasional like crotch shot. Like that was <laughs> what, would, what I would get off. Of course. <laughs> Everyone has that character. Yeah. But, but I remember it was like a, a melding of like D 20 mechanics, but also there was like percentile uh, based components that would sort of determine like the area that you hit oh. on the body and, oh. and that, that's where the crotch shots came from like i consistently across a couple memorable moments was a was a, a halfling with a crossbow that like like shot dudes in the crotch and that became like a trope <laughs> it, i mean it is a trope but it became a trope yeah, that within was the fantasy game. hero man um i'm pretty sure that that was fantasy hero which is kind of like an offshoot of if, I, if i'm remembering this correctly it's been 20 some odd years but yeah um I'm thinking that's an offshoot of like GURPS or those those kind of um, universal role playing systems. Like there was um, fan- it's either Fantasy Hero or Hero Fantasy, one of those two. But I can clearly see the books in my head. I just uh, again I haven't seen them in, in such a yeah. long time. So I mean, like that's what, so that's what I did. Like up through high school, I went to college, and then we would game occasionally. And like I have a handful of memories of us playing like a superhero. Twenty some odd years since I played. Yeah, games, so. so we did that, but like there was a hiatus at least on my front. And then like Josh and I met up in in grad school, and at that point, like three and three five were coming along. Like three five, I think was raining hard. Like yeah, at that that's, point, that's what we were playing. And so. So we started playing in a 3-5 campaign like in, I guess in 05, uh, maybe 06, and uh, Josh and I and a handful of buddies that I was in grad school with, like we played two sort of sister campaigns that were, I, I mean, the closest that I can say that I got to playing like an epic level campaign where you did like run in the gauntlet from first level up to like... 18 or 19th level in three, five. And that's the only time I've ever done that. But that took a, took two big campaigns and a whole lot of years that we did. Yeah. Over two years, I think. Uh, but like how, how has your gaming history been Levi? Like since you and I knew each other, like, did you, were you able to play consistently? Cause you've really honestly jumped across the States. You've lived in a handful of different places. And of course you've had life going on. Like, have you been a consistent gamer or has it been something you've been able to come back to as a touchstone? <clears throat> You know, it's interesting you say that. Um, I uh, and, and Josh, I, I, I want to get back and hear about kind of where you came from, uh, gaming wise. I'm just over here, just blab, blab, blabbing away. But I, <laughs> I'm very, very interested to hear kind of like what the same thing, like where kind of where your uh, your uh, you know gaming uh, history comes from. Like where where are your roots at? <clears throat> sure, man. Uh, I 
didn't really get a chance to play in high school. I bought the the first game book I bought was Vampire: The Dark Ages, um, the second edition, and I just poured over the lore in that. I, I was a big fan of of the the world and the setting, um, and never did get to play it. Uh, I couldn't convince anyone to to really play it with me, but. Uh, when I got to college, I started playing in a third edition group, and so I, um, I only played third edition and up uh, until we started playing uh, the Bourbon and Barbarians games a few years ago. Right. Yeah, so um, those games, uh, th- those sessions with with Luke as the DM are the only time I've played anything prior to third edition. I guess I'm kind of a, a, a newcomer in terms of my overall life. Uh, uh, the first half of my life, I didn't really play any RPGs, uh, mostly console games, Final Fantasy and uh, Diablo on the PC. Um, Heck yeah. yeah, classics. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's that's kind of where I came from was, was the video game world. And then transitioning into playing Dungeons & Dragons was interesting because... I had in my head the way that video game RPG systems work and uh, got squashed. Even in third edition, I, I played characters that can consistently were getting squashed in combat <laughs> <laughs> uh, because healing items are not, uh, you know, easy to find and, and that sort of thing in, in our games at that point in time. Um, but I, I guess it comes down to when I was a kid, I, I never really got to play it. And as an adult, I've played, uh, uh, RPGs in order to make up for that. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. But well, so, so you, I'm, I'm you sorry, guys, sorry, no, no, I was going to just say you guys played, it sounds like uh, several systems uh, when y'all were younger back home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just remember, like, I had a couple iterations of like an early 90s, like, basic box set. It was like a black box D&D sort of set. And I had a copy of the rule cyclopedia that, like, I obnoxiously, I don't know what, I got rid of it somehow. And then, you know, like, when we were in grad school, Josh, you you were, you were picked up two of them and you, you gave me one as a present. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm never getting rid of this thing again. Yeah. So, like, it, it blows my mind that I had a copy of the rule cyclopedia and I got rid of it. Oh, I didn't know you had yeah. a copy before. But yeah, when I was, like... Like in like up through college, I had it, and then I must have got rid of it before I came to Kentucky. I got our copies before the price blew up on it. Like I think I snagged ours on on eBay for fifteen bucks or yeah, something. It's crazy. Years ago, how that stuff is now. But you know, like so, we always like in high school. I don't know, like outside of the more serious group, we would always talk about playing D anD D, and we would get together on a Friday or Saturday night over. And like at my friend Junior's house or something, and we would like spend three hours drawing up these like twelfth level second edition characters, <laughs> and that took the entire night. And then like we we didn't even, we couldn't even play like the mechanics of it just were defeated upon some of, like some of the players just had no interest in even being that crunchy. Uh, so I had a lot of like second edition books, but I never properly played any of that. It really wasn't until third edition stuff where I became like fluent in the mechanics and I already knew the tropes of being a D&D player like from from high school and everything right but like that's where I kind of learned it that's why I asked you uh, you know a little bit earlier Levi like what your like did you did you march through all of the various iterations of D&D uh, you know what like how what was that path 
so for um, so when I left uh, when I left our little hometown and uh, I got married and, and moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I, I met some other gamers and um, I met uh, met some other folks, but you know I've always had this. <clears throat> Really, up until recently, I've always had this kind of uh, this feel like I don't want to, sp- you know, this time is too precious. I don't want to spend um, a night, you know, with people that I wouldn't want to go to the movies with or that I wouldn't want to have dinner with. So finding a new group for me um, sometimes was a little difficult. <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I go to, I get invited to a game, and I go, and it just wasn't my cup of tea. And it wasn't like we, you know, we weren't friends on the side or whatever. It's just. I wasn't in, enjoying it the same way that I had, I had enjoyed it with you know these guys that I had been playing with for you know years and years. Right on. So what I would end up doing is I would end up driving all the way back to to you know uh, to Arkansas from from Tulsa, and then I'd game over the weekend with uh, you know with my with my old group or you know some some guys that I'd met in like fringe groups. So that's kind of what kept me after second edition. What kept me kind of into third edition. Now I was kind of, to be honest, was on my way out. I was really just uh, kind of done gaming and just in general. And then um, I picked up. I was in Barnes and Noble, and I picked up um, these three little booklets in uh, for this mega dungeon uh, that Necromancer Games had put out called uh, Rapanathic. And I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's yeah, a, yeah. Uh, okay, great. Um, but. Uh, you know, I, I picked up that Mega Dungeon. And I was like, "My God, this is fantastic! This is like everything that I had. Uh, you know, this is everything that I, that I remember. This is the nostalgia, but with a whole new, you know, blast of like energetic, um, you know, goodness." So when I sat down to play this with my group, and man, like you were saying earlier about how you played through, uh, you know, you played all the way up to you know seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth level. I, I did the same thing with several different characters. Uh, inside of Rapanathic, and then would turn around, and then I would run Rapanathic for for another another group. So my almost my entire uh, three you know, third edition three point five experience was running Rapanathic. You know, with other other things on the you know on the on the edges or the the peripheral. You know, but um, I did quite a quite a bit of of dungeon crawling through uh, third and three point five, and that's really what kept me in the game. Now. When fourth rolled around, you know, I bought the core books and I got them home. I was super excited, and you know, I'm not trying to start like an edition war or anything, but it just wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah, I, I, opened, <laughs> I, I made a characters, and I thought, I this, this isn't for me, man. And Pathfinder was going real strong at that point. They were really starting to gain some steam, mm-hmm. so um, I kind of abandoned D and D and just played Pathfinder. Um, and found that the people that you know that I was still gaming with, they they were kind of of the same mind, and we just we played Pathfinder for the longest time. And then, of course, when Fifth, fifth Edition came out, um, it was again. It was I was looking at the rules, and I was like, I this looks cool, and I, I really like this just advantage disadvantage thing, and I like I really it's very slick, and I love the art, but you know, ah, you know, I don't I don't know if this is for me, man. Am I getting too old for this hobby? And then my son, uh, my oldest son Andrew, he. Um, you know, he was like 13, 14 at the time, and he's like, "Dad, um, I'm really interested in Dungeons and Dragons." So I was like, "Ah, well then, <laughs> you know, there's something I can connect with my son with." There we go, boom. Awesome. So uh, I bought him the uh, that you know the, the box set that has um, oh what's that it, that little starter adventure in there something um, about oh, the it's... pillars of Pentagon, but the it's something something like that Fandelver, the Lost Minds of yep. Fandelver. Yep. So cool. uh, I bought that, and then I ran that for him, and then off off of that. Um, 
just kind of started throwing in my own stuff and kind of adding in my own my own little 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 spice to the chili and uh you know that's and now he's a gamer too you know he's like he's going to be 19 this year but he has you know he has a gaming group and he's going off to college and i'm, I'm sure he's going to find a, a group there so and what really, does he play 5e is that like his main vehicle or does he do you know other stuff Absolutely no, absolutely. That's a great question. He started out with uh, with third edition three point five with me. That's kind of how I introduced him to the rules. Right. But then when five e hit, he was just like, "Yeah, my friends and I are playing five e." So, actually, when I was writing Jungle Tomb of the Mummy Bride, he knew more about fifth edition than I did. That's you know awesome. what I mean? As far as like the rules and and the you know the, the quirks and the, and the you know and that that kind of thing went, uh, he knew way more about it than I did. So I would call him and say, "Hey, listen, how does this work? Like, if you're going to make a skill check, do you? Wait, wait, how, how does that work in you know fifth edition?" And he was like, "Oh, Dad, come on, <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Cool, cool. But yeah, that's how that, that's how I stayed in the hobby I, 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 all those years. It, it really boils down to you know uh, that Necromancer game module, and then uh, me playing all the way through third, ignoring fourth essentially, and then my son getting me." Getting me back into fifth. So with with Rap and Ethic, I've I've looked at that module, <clears throat> like PDFs of it, but I've never ran it. And I guess I mean it falls within the whole suite of like mega du- mega dungeons as like a as a as a thing, right? Like it's one of those types of you you can you can do the level progression by just exploring this monstrous labyrinthine sort of like underworld. Is that correct? That's correct in a sense. Okay. Now, however. Um, Good luck just staying in the dungeon because you know it's <laughs> it's a tough dungeon, man. This, it's right. not it's not it's not an easy it's not an easy adventure by any stretch of the the, the imagination. The um, uh, the designer Bill Webb he you know he really crafted something that was um, 100% old school both in the way it felt and the way it played, and um, it really harkens back. Um, to those early days of D and D, and then the nostalgia factor for me when I was reading it and then playing it was just so heavy. Like I said, it really anchored me um, back into Dungeons and Dragons and kept me into the game. Yeah, it. Uh, well, you know, like <clears throat> in in high school and then even uh, in grad school, like so, sort of playing with with you, Levi, and playing with you, Josh. Like the the campaigns, like the longer form multi year campaigns that I've been a part of, have been. Uh, three or four po- towns of interest, a big bad that's lurking on the horizon, and mm-hmm. like a, an epic scope, uh, like above ground, regional or world level thing. Uh, and so I at that like for for a, the good first two thirds of my gaming life, never played like a classic hardcore dungeon delving. Uh, thing mm-hmm. and so that's really like when we started up doing the the bourbon and barbarian stuff that was kind of like the itch that I wanted to scratch like I, I discovered the the concept of the OSR and all of the sweet like homebrew like DIY mentality behind things and all the cool modules and I guess that's probably when I first came across like rap and ethic and some of those other like mega mega dungeon kind of concepts and I was like oh man this is this is great. I like the idea of of having something that's 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 more lethal, and I like the idea of the the sort of like lower powered but higher stakes like ethos of of that style of gaming. And so, 
Like I never, yeah. I don't know. I want to get right back. On. That's what I wanted to get back to, I guess. Yeah. Or like not get back to, but actually like sort of like go back. It's kind of like when I was in high school, I hated country music because that's what I grew up with. But sure. now that I'm a grown ass man, I realize that I like real, real folk, real country, real like <laughs> I like I like real real music like that. You know. Sure. Uh, I think a few years back when we were playing the Hero Quest board game. Uh huh. Um. I really liked the aesthetic of that game, and I also really liked the the lethality of it. You know, um, and it is a dungeon crawler. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's that kind of that kind of sparked the same interest, at least for me. And Levi, uh, a few minutes ago, you mentioned that uh, Rapanathic kind of gave you that nostalgic sort of feeling. Um, what what things give you that feeling now? Oh gosh. Um that's a great question. Um, you know, I really, uh, again, this is a, a, a pulp, a pulp uh, podcast, but, uh, those old Lovecraft stories, those old HP Lovecraft stories, um, the old Howard stories, Lynn Carter, all those old pulp heroic fantasy or horror stories, those play a, a big, big role, um, in nostalgia for me. Cause I, I read all that stuff, you know, during high school and then rediscovered it again, uh, when I was a young man in the Navy, you know, I'd have all this, you know, basically all this time to do nothing but read. And, you know, so I'd go to the, the library and, you know, there's you know, the, the shelves were full of that, you know, full of these collected works. So I would just rework, you know, back through all those again. So I have a real strong attachment, um, you know, to, to put the pulp stories in general. Um, aside from that, it, you know, it comes down to movies, too. I mean, um, so much of, of the stuff that we're doing with Planet X and the in the and really our grindhouse style, you know that's that um, that exploitation B movie feel that you know the the the, the giant you know the, that fantasy genre uh, feel to to how they play you know the the trope mechanic that we use the uh, you know the the Easter eggs that we hide in things you mm-hmm. know the, the the way the adventures flow the taglines we use all that presentation that we do that really um, comes from 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 my love of um, you know those those B movies, those you know stuff like uh, you know the the old vintage sci fi and the seventies horror and mm-hmm. uh, all that grindhouse and and, and B movie genre uh, stuff that you know you you turn on uh, you know USA up all night and there'd be like <laughs> right right bro you know Billy Billy Bob Briggs is you know standing there. You know, telling you with with his uh, with his choker tie, you know, mm-hmm. telling you all about the ins and outs of um, I don't know uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, right? Having know, the kill what? count <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah. always my favorite part of like uh, like the the Joe Joe Bar Briggs like Monster Vision was the kill count that would run. <laughs> like, <laughs> Absolutely, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, so I, I will say too, like, I, and we we've talked about this on a variety of episodes like the role of nostalgia with like what we like within the genre and like how that just sort of plays into to fandom like but your 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 stuff's not just like a genre like not a nostalgia trip like like you're it's i don't don't know i really do feel like the way that at least within the uh, jungle tomb module the way that you sort of pulled at tropes and the way that you used those quickly recognizable sort of quippy sort of uh pulpy 
I don't know, like tags within the module. It just facilitates and makes it easy to latch onto and kind of gives it a rip roaring feel to it. And I know that's your intention is to keep it moving quick. And, and it, 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 yeah. So those those taglines, like when you go to the movie theater and you see a poster for I don't know um, Alien, you know, in Alien, you know, you've got the very simple poster for Alien, but it says, you know, in space, no one can hear you scream. Um, that's kind of the aesthetic that I wanted to bring to. Uh, you know, to, to these, these modules. Um, and when I talk about the grindhouse feel, that's, you know, that's definitely a component of that. Um, I want it to feel cinematic. I want it to feel, uh, cool. I want it to feel, you know, fast, dirty. Uh, and I want to, but I want to keep that kind of, you know, that punk feel to it, you know, that just keeps it, uh, just, just pushing, pushing ahead, you know, and, and throw, kind of throw out the old, you know, the old conventions and kind of just bring something new to the table. Yeah, when when I when I think of uh, Jungle Tomb of the Mummy Bride, it it just screams that kind of uh, pulpy flavor, like that, like you said, Levi, the the grindhouse style, that aesthetic, and it gives uh, players and um, game masters sort of uh, a taste of what to expect, um, and it also gets you there, right? Like it as a player, reading taglines that evoke that feeling kind of help put you into that gaming, I don't know, that mood. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is it's this the is flavor not, text, right? This is flavor text. <laughs> it's it's like this is not uh this is not gonna be Tolkien fantasy, right? Like this is no, this is gonna be pretty not. dirty and and grimy and and uh uh yeah, I just I love it. So so Levi, have you uh have you DM'd bits and pieces or like the entirety of the the jungle tomb? module yourself like how 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 did you actually like play test and, and work through that oh yeah so i play tested uh the hell out of that thing um <laughs> i actually took that uh, when i was in alaska i was living in alaska um up until last year uh for four years and i i would take it around to basically different game shops and different groups and you know i'd just say listen you know we'll we'll you know we'll i'll run you through this and then you know when it's all said and done you know you, you get copies uh, you get credit, you know, the whole nine yards and, um, those groups, all those people, they really helped me, um, kind of cut the, cut the chaff from the wheat. You know what I mean? Yeah. They yeah. helped me narrow things down and, you know, find out where something was broken or maybe there was an encounter that I, I had visualized in my head, but I hadn't really, um, put it down to paper very well. And probably the biggest person to help me out with that was my son who sat through, I mean, so many games of jungle tomb and the mummy bride. Mm -hmm. I mean, and he gave me the best notes. Like he would say, well, Hey, listen, this was really cool. But then, you know, we got to the end of this chamber. That's not really what I was expecting. And when I got there, I was kind of like, what the hell is this? You know, what is, what is this doing here? You know, <laughs> like he had some really good advice and some, some good criticism, you know, cause he can be honest with me, you know, without worrying about hurting my feelings. Right. Or, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, Aside from all that, I, I had some people that I, I really trusted to uh, take a look at it. Again, my uh, my mentor uh, Casey Christopherson, he 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 did a couple passes on it and took a really hard look at it. And then just some other gamers that I that I respected and I you know that I knew were uh, you know were well versed and well read in other games. They um, they took a look at it and uh, were able to kind of give me you know hey listen this you know, maybe maybe on this part do this or you know and some some of their critique that I, I took and some of it you know I I, I didn't but. You know, um, yeah, after after getting everyone's input, you know, um, I think I put out the product that I wanted to put out, which was, you know, was what, what we got. 
Cool, cool. Well, uh, what are some of the details as far as the Kickstarter, you know, that's going on now for, for the current module? Like, like at the time of uh, this recording, things are about to go live, but when this episode drops, it's going to be pretty much in the middle of the Kickstarting. So we don't necessarily know like how stretch goals are going to be revealed and all that kind of thing. But, but like, what can you tell us as far as like what people will get if they back it and sort of like what to expect? Oh yes. Okay. So, uh, in the current to Helen crater, it's, um, it's a, it's, it's heroic fantasy, but man, it is, I, I definitely got some sci-fi in your, there's a big healthy dose of that in there. And like we right. were talking earlier about expedition, to the very peaks and so on, it stands on the shoulders of, of Titans like that, you know, the, with, without works like that, you would never have, you know, any of this or any of the stuff you see from mutant crawl classics or, you know, any of those, um, those adventures like, uh, the gates of firestorm peak and um you know, some of those other ones that have have a, a, a sci-fi flair to it so what is that the 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 last module you just mentioned there i didn't recognize that is that a mutant crawl classics module no gates of firestorm peak i, I think it was right there the, towards the end of second edition oh okay you know, was, okay cool it was just a big beautiful module that uh you know had had to do with some you know some uh, some space stuff um <laughs> but you know, I'm, I have to make this very, very clear. You know, this is not like when I when I mentioned that this goes deep in the sci-fi territory. I'm not talking like uh, Annihilation or Prometheus or anything slick like that. Not, nothing new. This is all that vintage, old school stuff. I'm talking, you know, Forbidden Planet, Plan Nine from Outer Space. You know, <laughs> uh, Flash Gordon, them, the day the Earth stood still. That's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for. You know, the robots, they're all big, boxy, crazy-looking robots with antennas and visors and pinchers for hands. And, you know, nothing is, you know, there's no drones or anything, you know, slick like that. The inside of the of, of, of the ship looks, it looks like something out of the 50s. You know, it's a flying <laughs> Like right. it's 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 very vintage retro feel sci-fi <laughs> like cassette I, decks and like knobbies and and flashing red buttons no absolutely there's you know there's always a, a robot saying, purge 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 or like, <laughs> alert and there's a red light fly. you know there's always uh some some villain that's falling down down a long shaft screaming or you know it's a very uh very tropey very uh retro vintage feel to the sci-fi gotcha um and that's important to say up front. Um, so, so I, so I, you know, of the the bits and pieces, like the trailer that you released, and we'll put a link of that, like within the, uh, you know, within the blog post for the episode, that kind of thing. But you know, the the trailer is is totally retro, and you even have uh, a lot of the the classic like intermission things like plugged into the. The, the, the trailer, the video trailer that you guys put together. But uh, it, it suggests that there's mysteries. Of course, there's going to be things to uncover. Like, is there an overarching, like, big narrative, like, that is revealed? Is there a mystery? Or is it just, like, like keep on the borderlands. It's just, like, a bunch of random stuff, like monsters in caves and all the caves are together, right? Like, it, the narrative is less less cohesive. So there's definitely a narrative. There's... Um you know, it, there, there's a story there, and there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. However, having said that, this is still an extremely sandbox sandbox adventure. Um, I've I've always been the kind of uh, DM and the kind of player who likes this sort of sort of thing, but um, I've been, always been the kind of DM who really appreciates um, letting the players kind of kind of you know do their own thing. 
I'm not going to plot hammer you to to go to the crater. If you want to explore, if you want to head head north and head into the you know forbidden forest or I don't know whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can do that. Uh, obviously, you know that's that's not what I prepared for. But hey, we'll you know we'll wing it. I've always been very sandboxy in my approach to to DMing. Uh-huh. And that's kind of an aesthetic that I, I I brought here. There's a lot of um, you know, there's a lot of um, location detail and uh, a lot of very curious and interesting NPCs. At least I think they're curious and interesting. Uh, the players might not think that at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, the hillbilly uh, mutant crater folk are not uh, everyone's uh, cup of tea, but um, if you've ever seen like The Hills Have Eyes or like Wrong Turn or even stuff like... Uh, like Spider Baby or uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. you know. When I talk about that, the inbred crater folk—that's exactly the sort of thing that I'm talking about. So I watched The Hills Have Eyes for the first time with uh, with Chris one night while you and Jacob were in the other room playing Magic, like over at Chris and Moe's house. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and that may have actually been like the first like Wes Craven, like outside of watching, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, like the the first like Wes Craven movie beyond oh, look, like look, that and this 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 adventure it has all kinds of stuff I that's mean, awesome there's, it's full of uh all sorts of star spawn horrors and technological terrors and <laughs> all sorts of uh, crazy inbred cannibal folk i mean and you know and there's you know there's some some nods to uh some traditional heroic fantasy stuff too i mean it just it wouldn't be that without you know paying homage to the greats but um there's it's it's got its own vibe and its own thing. It's very much a, a do-it-yourself sort of. Um, again, I, I keep using the word punk, but that really is how I feel about it, man. Because uh, yeah. you know, it, it was really about overturning a lot of conventions um, that I felt were you know were in heroic fantasy and, and adding adding in my own dash of uh, of spice to the chili. So, as far as uh, like, if people want to invest in it, if people want to get it on the Kickstarter, like, what's the what's the reward levels? You know, because hopefully, people listen into this. That's kind of you know we're doing this here like to like concurrent with the Kickstarter. So definitely, we want to direct people that way. No, most definitely, man. Um, if if you want to check it out, um, you just like I said, look for it on Kickstarter. There'll be links, uh, you know, all over all, our, our social media. Um, but um, just look for an occurrence of Howling Crater. It'll come right up. Okay. Um, the now the the stretch goals. Um, we've got some pretty like you know I I, I think uh, it's funds at twenty two hundred, and then after that um, the stretch goals come pretty quick until the higher levels. Um, we have added content. We have more maps from from uh, our boy Skull Fungus. We have more art from Adrian and and some of the other artists. Um, um, Ed Bickford. He's a he's a comic book artist out of. Um, out of Kansas City, uh, Tim Burns. He's a he's a new artist out of uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas. And then um, you know, like I said, there's Carl's work, Adrian's work, um, and the stuff these guys have turned in. It's universally amazing. Like I I feel so lucky that I get to collaborate with these guys because man, they really make this clunky stuff I write down on the on the page. They really make it look good. Um, my favorite stretch goal. The whole thing. It's about midway through is uh it's kind of an homage to the old uh, grindhouse days um of of horror movies and that's um it's personalized barf bags <laughs> <laughs> right on so uh, there was this director named William Castle yes, and uh, he yeah. had he had all these these great you know movie i think house on haunted hill and the tingler and all this stuff and every every time he put out a movie he would do like a um he'd do like a gimmick 
or he'd have like some sort of promotion thing. You know, like one time he had a, a skeleton that would, uh, or sorry, a ghost that would fly over the uh, the crowd during a pivotal scene. And <laughs> during the Tingler, he had these um, these little electronic devices uh, that would vibrate underneath the seat at, at a pivotal scene and would, right. would scare the audience. Uh, but one of the things that he was he was famous for was making these um, uh, these barf bags that would have the you know the, the poster for the or you know the title or whatever on the side of uh, on the on the side of them, and he would hand them out as you know as people walked in and say you know you look you're probably going to need this it's this movie you know it, <laughs> it just all expectations very gruesome you know and that helped build hype, and I thought that would be like a really cool thing to uh, you know to bring to this module especially with uh, you know with with some of the uh, inspiration that uh, that we drew uh, you know from the Grindhouse and from. Uh, you know, genre movies and, and a lot of these uh, exploitation horror movies. Nice, and I so thought, and so, it's lots of uh, like, you know, you can can you back it and just get a PDF of the module? I mean, a lot of the the deliverables are the actual print materials. Yeah, and listen, I kept it really simple. Like, um, you know, a lot of people go away and like you can get a hardback with uh, foil embossed this, and you know, you can get uh, leather bound. I, I didn't go for any of that because you know that's, that's not really that's not really what we're going for here. We want to put a product in your hand that is just awesome. And I'm not trying to gouge you, you know, gouge you for. It. I'm trying to make my money back, maybe make a little bit on top to pay myself, and uh, you know, try to try to make the money back that I spent on paying these guys. That's really that's really all I'm trying to do. I mean, okay. I wanted to make a product that I was super super happy with. Um, and if other people like it, then you know that's that's a huge bonus. Um, but listen, there's this is actually another stretch goal. Um, the one that I'm most excited excited about, and that's like I think it's the top stretch goal at this point. But um, there is a it, what we want to do is we want to put a um, double spread um, 3D image in the middle of the book, and uh, we you know we have the art, we have we have the artist. We're just waiting for it to fund. But I want to want you to be able to open up this this cool module. Put on your three, you know, your your retro vintage style 3D glasses, you know, like the ones you would get in like TV Guide when King Kong came on, you know, put put those glasses on, open up the module, and you have this like just this completely you know, just dope 3D image in the middle of it, you know, um, and I think if we hit that stretch goal, that's that will really put the cherry on top of this book. That, that, <laughs> it, 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 it takes it from just being like an adventure module you know, with some cool stretch goals and some cool art and uh, all the way to like, this is, this is an art piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, You're getting like a double page spread, like in the middle of yeah. it and you get the three. Do you remember those? Do you remember those, those 3d images, like 3d comics? You would oh yeah. 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 I, I just think that would just be the dopest stretch goal, uh, stretch goal. The, <laughs> Or th- thing to put in the middle of, of, of a module, you know, like you're reading through it and all of a sudden you go, oh, what is this? Oh, let me put on my glasses. And all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's just this massive double page, you know, uh, just just full on 3D image. It's, nice. I don't know, it, just, it just seems so cool to me, you know, like that. And that's that's really what you want. You want something that just just makes you, you know, it's cool. Yeah, it's that's awesome. awesome. So as far as like the basic backer level, is it like $15? Is that what is that what it is for a copy or am I... Uh, off the mark there. No, I think it's it's a, it's around that much for a uh, for a, so for a PDF. Um, you know, it's a hundred pages. Right. Uh, the PDF is uh, you know I don't have the information in front of me, but uh, I want to say it's fifteen or sixteen. Okay. And then as you go into the hard copy, um, it's it's in the twenties. Yeah. And then there's there's a, there's a, a, a stretch goal not a stretch goal but a, a tier for retailers where they can get like three copies. Right. And uh, 
there's the, the, the top tier, there's, there's only one available and the person who gets the top tier, um, they they own they get three copies and then they get all of my notes all of my notes all my art all, the <laughs> all of my personal all my personal stuff and then we have this really badass looking vintage robot um, that comes with it so you when you get the package you know you get all the original notes you get you get a couple copies you know get all the all the stretch goals the barf bag the whole nine yards but then you have this this badass robot too cool um, that straight out of out of you know forbidden planet or vintage sci-fi or any of those old robot movies cool yeah i wanted to i mean i wanted to at least talk about the price point just to just to bring up the the point that i mean this isn't just like a little five dollar module like really i can't stress enough the like the the larger sort of sandboxy campaign setting material here is is to me the biggest selling point of it like you get you get your module or you get your your delving you know, ready for you, but it's also a little bit of the inspirado that's going to allow right. you to build your own, like a, a larger, larger world that you can campaign in. It's a lot of value. Oh, like you know, there's like I said, there's a whole dungeon, but there's there's a town in there. There's a you know, all, there's it's probably like two dozen locations. I mean, and then you've got new monsters, you've got new magic items, you've got you know, uh, new uh, new game mechanics. You've got maps. You've got. I mean, it, it's it's it really is the whole ball of wax. Like, there's. I'm not. I'm not leaving anything out. You know, we've been working on this for a few years, and it's not something that we just came up with yesterday. This is something we've been working hard on, and uh, we've we've really cut it down to a to a you know to a, a, a fine tuned working machine. Right on. So this is the uh, the sister, the sequel to. Uh, jungle tomb of the mummy bride that, that that you uh that you're that you're working here like they're not necessarily related do they even take place in the same world or are they uh interrelated in any way i like to leave that kind of stuff open for the dm gotcha. uh, you know things that i always i mean i loved reading forgotten realms books and reading all the forgotten realms uh stuff the same with Greyhawk and dragon and all that but then when i tried to kind of kind of port it over to my own world some of it was so stylized that I couldn't, you know, I, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, know? yeah. Like, you know, so um, with these, you can pick this up and you can just kind of plop it into your your own world. It takes minimal effort to convert that over. Gotcha. Like Jungle Two, Mummy Bride took place in a you know a, a green hell of a of a crazy you know forbidden foreign jungle, and you know this one takes place in you know in a you know, crater filled wasteland. So. Right. Gotcha. So uh, so that's going on now. Planet X, you guys are around to stay. This is this is your you know your vehicle, right? Like, do you do you have any ideas for where you're going from here? You know, beyond beyond the the current Kickstarter. Oh yeah, man, we got uh, we got a lot of projects in the you know in the in the can. Um, one that we're almost done with is this. It'll be our third module. Um, it's a, a kaiju giant monster, uh, high level uh, heroic fantasy kind of romp, really. Uh, and it's called Escape from Skullcano Island. Okay, now, gotcha, gotcha. Outstanding <laughs> sounding name, but I mean, there's an apocalyptic death cult of, of kind of anti druids, and like I said, there's giant kaiju. Um, you know, when I say I don't, I don't know if all our viewers will know what a kaiju is, but uh, you think giant monsters like Godzilla, King Kong, you know, the, you know right, right, threat, yeah. Like that. Um, but there's just some absolutely insane stuff in that one. Um, I actually have um, another uh, another kind of a Lovecraftian adventure that um, I've submitted it to another game company because um, I'm, I'm I'm really keen to work with them. Uh, I don't know whether or not it gets it, it'll get picked up, um, but you know it's looking favorable. So hopefully awesome. we'll, we'll 
see what happens with that. And and you've done a handful of uh of of little pamphlet style like one and two dollar module and games outright. They're they're really cool. Like that's another thing that I really like that you guys are getting into. Like uh the little like sort of on the the other end of the DIY style, like just totally like one to two pages worth of content just jam packed on the page and it's and it's a buck or two. Yeah, I mean, you know a little something about that yourself, man, because uh, you <laughs> you had some pretty good uh, one-page dungeons that you sent me that, uh, I don't know, I, mean, I really enjoyed. In fact, I'm going to run uh, the Dreamlands one for my uh, for my son when he gets here. Nice, man. Yeah, of course. And <laughs> the slobber-tooth kobolds, man, I, I love them. Um, <laughs> Got to look out for those. But the, uh, the, the, the pamphlet modules, um, I, uh, I started corresponding with a guy on Twitter uh, named Nate Treem. And he has a bunch of really, really cool um, uh, pamphlet games and pamphlet modules that he that he's done. And he, I was talking to him. He kind of inspired me to do my own. So we did uh, we did a bunch. We did um, I think the first one we did was um, uh, Blood Sabbath of the She Devils was one. And yep, then yep. Um, we did a kind of a Shaw Brothers kickback to the Thirty Six Chambers of Death, uh, Master of the Flying Guillotine, You Killed My Master sort of kung fu adventure called. Uh, um, uh, Massacre at Kung Fu Mountain, and that's its a, own little game, right? Like that's the you yeah. sent me a copy of that. Like it is its own little like double pager, like two d six game that you can play, like just a solo little yeah. thing. All you need is a d six and time, yeah. um, and you <laughs> you can run through it in about two minutes. I mean, you could play it at the DMV, you could play it sitting in your car, you could play it at the kitchen table. I mean, it's it's so easy. Uh, the mechanics are extremely simple, and literally all you need is a D6. And if you don't have a D6, use the D6 roller on your phone. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, make, they make an app for that. Um, yeah, so that was like a Kung Fu style. Like, you know, like the Shaw Brothers Kung Fu Theater that I would always, you know, watch on Sundays with my dad. This is kind of a, a callback to that, you know. The, uh, you know some um, some immortal uh, technique, master killer. He you know he he murders your master in cold blood, and you have to send the you know nine hundred ninety nine steps to the top of the you know forbidden pagoda <laughs> at the top of the mountain. Right, right. You know, and he, he faced dangers on the way up. It's that, that kind of thing. That's um, cool. And so those like so like what's the main hub? So we can we can kind of close this out with uh, with with. You know, contact info. I know you're you're super active on Instagram, and I know, of course, you've got a really active Facebook presence, and you're you're on the Twitters too. But like, if people want to get in on action beyond just you know going to the Kickstarter page, like, what's the other ways to to be into Planet X? Uh, the most popular page is the Instagram page. That's uh, it came from Beyond Planet X. Um, you'll have zero problem finding it if you just type that in. Uh, Twitter, it's Planet X Game Company. Um, we stay pretty active on that, and then uh, the Facebook page is just Planet X Games. Yeah, you've had some good exchanges. I've been I've been lurking and liking some of the uh, back and forths that uh, uh, that, that you and some other uh, RPGers have had over the past forty eight hours about uh, <laughs> game game setups and 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 the, the oh, yeah. role of the DM and all that kind of stuff. So oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I I dig it, dude. Uh, Everybody has thing you know it's like, I, yeah. I get it i'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a hater I'm not, I'm <laughs> no you're not you're not you're not for sure uh thanks man this has been fun i've i i knew it would be fun to just talk about the new module with you but honestly i was more uh more selfishly interested in just sort of catching up and and being able to talk a little bit about like 
our old old gaming stories like that's 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 pretty fun i mean the the particulars oh, of a story are are of less interest to to, to to listeners but i think everybody has the sort of like arc of like when they got into gaming and what they got into so it hopefully there was stuff here that people were really into you know on on that sort of like personal side no man this was a blast and, and again man I'm, I'm really really happy to uh to to be on the show man i'm a big fan cool cool well uh josh you want to close us out with where people can contact us for the the, the Chromecast? Uh, I can do that, but but before I do, uh, it was nice to meet you, Levi. I was I'm I'm glad I was able to to hang out with you and uh, to to witness this reconnection. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, man. And again, like I've been listening to your voice for so long. <laughs> like you know, when you hear somebody's voice, and then a lot of times you meet people in the industry, and sometimes they're not as nice as you know you wish they had been. But uh, you. <laughs> guys are great man um so you can find uh planet x all over the uh the internet and you can find links to their content on uh the chromecast.blogspot.com you can find us on instagram at the chromecast where where we post uh photos of stacks of books mostly um we're on twitter at the chromecast and we're also on facebook facebook.com slash the chromecast you can email us the chromecast at gmail.com or you can call us that's 859 Four two nine Crom. Nice. Get your parents' permission. Always. As always, you, yeah. you always got to ask Mama to make sure it's cool. It's it's three dollars for the first minute, uh, <laughs> ninety nine cents for each additional minute. <laughs> All right, Levi. Thanks again, dude. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. All right.